Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 62 of Believe in Betting LA. We're recording this Saturday morning, November 7th. So we missed the boat on the Trojan game, Pac-12 before Brunch is making his debut as it's a huge game uh, in the Pac-12 South between the Trojans uh, and the Arizona State Sun Devils. We will talk about the NFL. We'll talk about our recap and how we bet the election. And we'll talk about the NBA returning here in just six short weeks. So this is Believe in Betting LA episode 62. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Lewart. Chris, it's a rainy, windy, cold kind of day. You must feel like it's childhood back in Chicago. That's right. Welcome to regular weather for November, most of you who've never had to live in a terrible, gray, cold, miserable climate. Uh, but Sam got a taste of that. He lived in Madison, Wisconsin for some time in, in Chicago, so he knows. He knows what, what gray is. Yeah. These are, these are fun days. I'll tell you what, man. I love these these weather days like this. It's fun to stay inside. It cleans the air, which we desperately need here in L.A. Yes. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of these days. And I would like to point out that, at least for me, the gray is worse than the cold. Do you feel that the gray is worse than cold or is cold worse than gray? Um, I would say the gray is worse than cold. Actually, snow is the worst of all of those. Like I don't, I never minded the cold. It's It's the slush. And the white and brown and, and not being able to, you know, start your car or, or park your car somewhere. Those are the things that really wear on you for people that aren't, you know, subject to to tough winters. Uh, cold weather is, is not that bad. You can prepare for it. Uh, but I think the gray, the snow, uh, the, the dreariness, they all kind of go together. Th- those are what really wore on me in my five winters in the Midwest. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. All right, well, this is, again, Believe in Betting LA, episode 62, the return of the Pac-12, uh, the Big Ten's playing, we had the return of Maction, Mountain West return, so all 10 leagues are in play, of course, there's all kinds of COVID-related issues across the board, not just unique to the NFL, uh, but of course, in college football, is becoming more and more of an issue, so this is becoming a very difficult year to handicap, we already knew it was going to be, but this is where really uh, you can gain an advantage by being an experienced better and really a, a sharp and a very smart better because sometimes you got to know when to hammer things uh, and sometimes you got to know when to take your foot off the gas because you just do not have a precedent for this. We are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And of course, this is a Believe podcast, uh, B L E A V. Dot com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. My Twitter is smaxwell713. Chris is at Lumandingo Rock. Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. And of course, Edgefinder Sports, you can find through the Stag Capital Twitter account as well. Now, let's briefly talk about, Chris, the election. It was called this morning. Again, we're recording the Saturday morning, November 7th. All the major media outlets have officially called the election for Joe Biden. He's officially the president-elect and will be the 46th president of the United States. So however you feel about, uh, you know, politically, if you're a supporter of one side or the other, this is a very, very unique money-making opportunity. Uh, I think we saw Joe Biden close as a minus-225 favorite. 
He was down all the way to, I think it was like six to one at some point on Tuesday evening. Trump was a heavy favorite for about an hour. And then, of course, things were flipped. And then uh, Biden became a very, very heavy favorite. Bet Biden just a little bit before the election. I was afraid emotionally to bet him when he was down big, even though I knew there was probably a good chance. If that was a football game. I'm hammering Biden at five to one or six to one, whatever he made it up as. Uh, but, you know, I just kind of felt like the betting markets knew something that we weren't seeing, that they had data that we didn't have that kind of was driven in the 16 election. And it was crazy, Chris. You can kind of see the various networks citing betting odds because they were afraid to say anything else. Things were so unclear and cloudy. That kind of became the barometer of how they, they chose to uh, communicate to the viewers. Uh, but it does look like Biden will officially be the 46th president of the United States. Uh, I bet him pretty heavily when it was about minus 700 uh, late on Wednesday afternoon. And it was pretty apparent that he was going to take over Trump in a couple of key states. But just talk about how Stag Capital bets. Some, you know, this is a very, very unique opportunity, right? We're not going to be betting a presidential election very often. So it's not something that really you want to take the lessons from and move on from. But it is curious. And I want to know how Stag Capital and how you approach betting such a monumental election. It was definitely the the wildest swings I've seen in, in a betting market. Uh, I guess you would call it live betting of sorts. And it was funny to me that, and I don't think this is a partisan issue or a partisan thought, but like the media needs to get it together. They have been wildly inaccurate for two elections straight, and they seem to figure it out midway through November 3rd that the betting markets were more accurate than any polling that had been done. And that's how we were kind of able to capture uh, some good profits because people weren't sure how to react because they got the TV on and they're saying one thing and they're looking at the bet. They're like, wait a minute, uh, you know, Trump is plus 400, but he's winning. Like, I'm just I'm so confused right now. Right. So there was a ton of that going on. And, you know, kudos to Mike and Andy uh, at Stag Cap, right, who were doing the live betting, as it were, during the during the election. Um, they were able to take advantage of it because they knew that the market, the betting market was more efficient than what you were seeing on the television and the media. And they were able to kind of capitalize on what was actually happening. So before, you know, kind of pre-game, pre-election, we had a, a number of Senate races uh, that we did well on. I think we did like, uh, we were like 12 and four or something on those. And then for the election, we were pretty even before we started. But then as the night went on, it was just we, we started hammering, hammering away at Biden. Uh, we obviously hedged a little bit on some Trump in the middle of the night and then went back to Biden. And, you know, we're sitting there kind of into the next day. A lot of books stopped it stopped taking bets. But the ones we found were just staring at it. And we're like, well, I guess we're going to take more. Right. I guess we're going to take more. And it, it, it played into Kind of Joe Public is what we say for a lot of uh, a lot of regular betters who just go in and are, are kind of throwing money out there, and we took even more. And it was just, it was the perfect example of how the reality of what was going on differs from what you're being told. Uh, and this is why, and this is really the essence of of how we want to bet and why we want to bet value and why we want to beat closing lines, is because. It doesn't matter the amount of research you've done or what you know or who you know. I mean, outside of having insider knowledge no one has, like a quarterback's leg is broken and he's not going to play, outside of things like that, it's the money and the market is all that matters. It's not how you feel about it. It's not what you think. It's not who's playing well. Um, it's just betting that value. And that's this was an absolute perfect example of it. We don't we have our political opinions, but we didn't care. Right. It was it was uh, about making money. And. You know, maybe four years from now we have to do a uh, 
do a do a election betting special because if the media is going to continue to be as awful and as inaccurate as they are, there is a, a massive money making opportunity for people out there. Some people on Twitter are referring to this as as truly the best money making opportunity from a betting perspective that they've ever seen. Some were saying in the last decade because the swings were just so incredibly wild. wild. If you played it right and had no emotional uh, you know pull in this election, you could have gotten both candidates at plus money at, at yep. very heavy. Plus money. So if you played it right, if you didn't listen to the noise from the media, you made money. Um, if you just, you know, it was it was crazy because the books were still offering Biden at, at a, you know a heavy price, but it seemed like one of those guarantees. It's it's like it's you know when we talked about the NFL draft back in April, it's like okay, heavy heavy money on Chase Young to be the number two overall pick. But guess what? In the pregame show. The Washington football team defensive coordinator is talking about how this guy's going to fit into the defense. So, yeah, there's always a chance of a trade or whatever, but this is going to happen. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. Hammer it as much as you can. And that's kind of how I felt about Joe Biden uh, after, you know, midday Wednesday or so. And it looks like things were t starting to really pull his way in a, a couple of key states. So, you know, that's what I did. It looks like it's going to cash. Uh, obviously, Trump will be defiant to the end. I don't know how these books are going to grade things, but I do think ultimately, if you took Biden to win the president, you're obviously going to get paid out for it. So, uh, it, you know, and it was crazy because you mentioned public betting and, and how you have to fade the public. Our friend Dave Mason from Bet Online mentioned multiple times on Twitter how uh, Trump was a huge, huge liability for Bet Online, that they had more money on Trump than almost anything else in the history of the book. Uh, and they kept offering Trump at crazy odds and people just kept taking it. I, I, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, blind believers in their candidate and they want to bet that candidate. Totally get it. But uh, it just seemed kind of strange to me how uh, the public was so heavily in on Trump winning the election from a betting perspective, especially after it looked like things were definitely turning uh, his way. So we'll talk more about that another time. We'll talk more about the NFL. Speaking of Bet Online and Dave Mason, of course, you all know we get all of our numbers uh, when we talk about the show from Bet Online. Of course, football's in full swing, Patchwell football is back. COVID is still a very big deal, so you may not actually be at the game this year, but of course you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. We're going to talk about a bunch of our favorite bets coming up here, uh, from game spreads to total to team player, and even coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, as Chris knows, the casino is always open and never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's move on. Let's talk about week nine, Chris, of the NFL season. Before we do that, let's actually talk about our picks from week number eight. We talked about it. It was bound to happen. I finally had a winless week, 0-3. Uh, I did not hit on any of my bets. Uh, first time in, in a while that I hit on my best bet. Uh, I, I missed on the, the Chargers at minus three. I bought that half point. That didn't look too good. No, I, it looked great, actually, most of the game until the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Their third consecutive double-digit lead. Uh, I missed out on the Rams, and in my best bet didn't hit as well. So I'm 10 and 12 now in the NFL season. I'm still six and three in best bets. So stick with me for my best bets. And I think this week I'm going to hit on my Chargers, but I can't. I can't lose in the Rams bet this week. Uh, we do apologize. Scheduling conflicts prevented us from getting on to talk about the Trojans. We're actually playing right now, uh, and UCLA football. Chris is going to give a couple of picks here. Again, recording this Saturday morning. So if you hear it right when we publish it. Go ahead and put some money down on Chris's UCLA bets. But unfortunately, probably by the time you're listening to this, it will be in the rearview mirror. How did you do, Chris, in week number eight? Uh, then let's talk about the NFL in week nine. 
Yeah, I'll actually, I'll start really quick with UCLA, Colorado, in case anybody is, is wondering where this is and scanning for it. Uh, I'm taking UCLA under 56 and a half for the game. And that's mostly based around the fact that the price is fair. And I think the offenses are going to be behind the defenses. UCLA and the Pac-12 in general has not had those kind of wake-up games. You know, they are, the major conferences always kind of play the powder puffs at the beginning to, to get ready and get their things flowing. They haven't had that, so I think you're going to see some sloppy football. Uh, and I think the defenses are going to shine. So under 56.5 for UCLA. Back to last week. Um, wasn't expecting the Dolphins to turn it on in the second quarter. I was more expecting that in the second half. So lost that Rams minus two half in the first half. Um, you know, Tua was getting a lot of praise, but I don't think he, he necessarily played awesome. And he only threw the ball like 18 times. So uh, bringing him along slowly, I would, I would probably temper my expectations with him just a bit until he shows a little bit more. Uh, Chargers Broncos over 44 and a half looked bleak for a while, but the, the scoring absolutely launched uh, late in the game. So won that one. Won the best bet, uh, Seahawks minus three, uh, lost the teaser. And some of you would say, well, why do you keep bringing up teasers if you lose them? And the reason is because they're, if, you can get the, if you get the numbers right, if you're breaking through that three half and that seven half, and you can get at least plus 250 on a four team, you know, plus 280, plus 300 is awesome. If you have a book with plus 300 on 14 teasers, talk to me. Um, we, should, we should do business. And, uh, two, <laughs> you know, two and, two and two is fine, right? Uh, I'll take that. You... Uh, you know, it's better than one and three, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, uh, all in all, a, a pretty kind of workmanlike week, and um, you know, settling in. I think now we kind of know a lot more about the teams, and the market is much more efficient. So, you're going to be kind of getting fair prices. Things aren't going to be wildly offsides, but at the same time, the more information, the better. Totally, and uh, something we I don't think we talked about too much on last week's pod, maybe a, a briefly was. You gotta look at the weather at this time of year. Now that we're into November and December, uh, there were four games last week with heavy, heavy winds. The totals for all those games plummeted, and they all still, except for one, I believe, hit. I did a four-team teaser with all four of those games and their unders. I bet them separately, and I distributed each single. You know, I did every single combination of a two-team teaser between those four games that I could. Every single teaser hit. The parlay did not hit, and only one of the three, I think it was the Vikings-Packers, did not hit straight up. So those are little tricks you can do to give yourself an advantage, especially early in the week. Wind is something that usually sticks. Precipitation, you know, weather does not, uh, temperature does not always stick, but the winds did stick. You had people talking about on Twitter last Tuesday, Wednesday, hey, these games are going to be incredibly windy. We anticipate these games going under, and those totals plummeted. So if you can get those early on in the week, those are huge, huge, huge advantages, and Again, unders aren't sexy. They're not at all sexy. No. no one wants to take them. So you're getting great value. And, you know, if you watched any of those games last week, uh, there was one, I forget exactly which game it was, but it was, I think it was the Raiders-Browns game. It ended up being 16-6. to um, You know, there was there was a field goal early on in that game. It was, it was going in, you know. It was probably 10 yards away, right down the pipes. And then the wind just flung it to the side. It was, and that's when I was like, I looked at my room and I said, this game's going under, and <laughs> we yeah. started just hammering the live under because, you know, look, when the, when the winds are that bad, you can't throw, you have a hard time punting, you have a hard time kicking, everything is affected by the wind, and that's exactly what happened at a 16-6 to total, neither of these offenses can really get things going all day, uh, and you gotta just chalk it up to the wind, so when you identify those things, you have to bet heavy to make up for some of your losses down the road, because when you're sure of something, you have to make sure you lock in those profits, so that's just my, my random spiel there. On weather, and particularly on wind. Uh, if, you, if you can hear the wind outside my house right now, 
you would know I'd be betting the under if there was a football <laughs> game in my backyard. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that that field goal kick was like a cartoon. I mean, it, it looked was, like somebody was, was driving the football. <laughs> That's when you knew just immediately, like, there's just no chance this game gets to 44 and a half or whatever it was at that time. All right. Well, the Rams, they're on a bye this week. So the only L.A. football team, the only L.A. professional football team we have going this week uh, are the Chargers. And, of course, their third straight huge blown lead in that game. The Chargers are at 2-6. and six. They are hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are 4-3, and three, one of the most difficult teams, I think, to figure out in the NFL this season. The Chargers are actually a one-point Home favor, the total I'm seeing in this one is 55, excuse me, 51 and a half. This game is tomorrow, Sunday afternoon at 105 p.m. from SoFi Stadium. What are your thoughts here, Chris? Raiders at Chargers. Yeah, the Raiders are confounding, beating the Chiefs and then losing to meh teams. So uh, not sure what to make of them. But as far as the market goes, I think this I think this is the Chargers day. I think this is finally the one. I think the 14-point the blown leads every game stop. Uh, I like the Chargers in the first quarter. I've seen them at minus one. I've seen them at a pick. Minus 110 is the price you want to go for there. I also like the Chargers in the game. I've seen them for a pick. I've seen them for minus one. If you can get a pick at minus 105, money line minus 105, I would take that all day. And then some fun bets. David Carr, under one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 152. Around there is where you want to be. And then our boy, Justin Herberts, over one and a half passing touchdowns, minus 167. That is a little pricey, but that should probably be about minus 190. So it is a, it's a pretty good bet right now. All right, awesome. I we'll love that. Um, my bet for this game is, is very simple. I'm taking the over, and I'm taking the over extremely confidently. Both these defenses are really, really struggling right now. The Chargers are just all kinds of banged up. Uh, they have, you know, so many good players that are out. And the Raiders' defense, I just don't think, has ever been really great this whole year. You may look at it and say, hey, Sam, you know, the, the Raiders only let off six points last week. Well, we just talked about that. That yeah. was the wind. And that was a very banged-up Browns team anyways. And, and I just give no credence to that game for any sort of future statistics. That doesn't mean that Derek Carr can't throw the ball. That doesn't mean the Raiders can't score. That doesn't mean the Raiders' defense is good. So let's let's just throw last week's 16-6 <laughs> game out. And let's look at the previous four games. They gave up 45 points to the Tampa Bay Bucks, 50 points in a very nice win to the Kansas City Chiefs. They gave up 30 points the week before that to the Bills. And they gave up 36 points in the week before that to the Patriots. That's good enough for 37 points per game in the four previous games to last week's Browns game that we're going to throw away. Now let's look at the Chargers the last four weeks. They gave up 30, excuse me, 29 points to the Jags two weeks ago. Of course, last week they lost by one to the Broncos, gave up 31 points, 30 points in overtime, granted to the Saints, and then 38 points to the same Bucks. So neither one of these defenses are doing well. That's 32 points a game for those keeping track at home. Over those four, it seems like a very low total here. We're getting 51 and a half. This one seems to me like it should be more like 55 or 56 points. I think we're looking at uh, cappers and the public uh, exaggerating last week's Raiders total. So I'm taking the over here very confidently. If you want to go ahead and take Raiders plus seven and the over with the teaser, I think it's definitely going to hit 45 and a half. I mean, you took very confident last week, the Chargers Broncos over at, yep. I think it was 44 and a half. Yep. Uh, now, now you're looking at Chargers Raiders. I think the Raiders offense is substantially better than the Broncos. Uh, both these defenses are struggling. We're going to hopefully see some, some good weather here uh, in the LA area tomorrow. Um, but you know, even if it doesn't, I do think we're going to hit this over here. So I'm going ahead and taking the over 51 and a half for Raiders at Chargers. 
All right, best bet time here. I'm now 6-3 and three in best bets. Chris has been well all year as well here. Give me your best bet for week number nine. Oh, I wish I could have taken the Packers again. In fact, I was thinking that I should just take the Packers every week, and then they promptly uh, they lost the week before. So glad I didn't do that. Nothing wildly offsides as far as price goes um, for a best bet. So what you're going to say is, Chris, are you going to give me another teaser? Yes, I'm going to give you another teaser. Isn't that great? Um, remember, you got to get through the seven and a half. If it's in this case uh, Colts, if it's plus seven and not plus seven and a half, do not bet it. So the four teams. Bills plus nine, Colts plus seven half, Giants plus eight half, Patriots minus one. And again, hope you're getting on a 14 teaser at least plus 250. Anything north of that is great. And make sure those numbers are going through the seven and the three. Okay, perfect. Hopefully, one of these days, these 14 teasers will hit for the we'll audience. Hit, yep. <laughs> uh, we've hit on a few teasers this this year in this in this podcast and uh, i would have had another winning teaser my best bet last week it was for the bucks choking on that final drive against uh the bears i believe right so um sorry not the bears it was the the giants that came back so nearly nearly win that game nearly, nearly tie game. that yeah. game so uh you know the bucks had many chances i think it was like a fourth and 19 that they didn't get and uh, that was that was a, a bad beat for sure it definitely seemed like the bucks were gonna win that game by more than one possession the reason why I had the Bears in my mind is because that's going to actually be my best bet here. I'm going to go ahead and take Bears plus seven. I'm going to buy half a point right now. I'm seeing six and a half against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'm not really a Bears fan, but for whatever reason, this team keeps things very, very close uh, to the chest. You know, the last time they didn't win by a touchdown was actually only two weeks ago. It was on Monday night against the Rams, but that was a game that I, I think both of us kind of saw uh, the writing on the wall. The Rams were going to uh, win that game pretty substantially. The Bears play hard. They keep things closely. They lost by you know a field goal in overtime uh, to the Saints last week. They only lost uh, by uh, they, they beat the Bucks. You know they they lost by eight to the Colts. But this is a team that's covering. This is a team that's you know winning uh, close games or they're at least staying in a lot of games. Their defense is excellent, which makes me think that if they get a touchdown, uh, I like to take those kind of bets when it's a, a lower total and the defense is very good. This Titans defense has been disappointing all season. Their offense has been substantially great. Uh, so we're seeing you know two of the best units in the league: the Bears defense and the Titans offense. And from a, uh, an efficiency standpoint, we're seeing them face off this week. Here. And so I, I just don't see why this moved past six. And so that's why I love taking it at seven. You are going to have to pay uh, a little bit of a premium, maybe minus 120 to get that extra half point. Uh, and it was very good. You know, Tannehill's playing excellent ball. Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, and of course, A.J. Brown are balling uh, through the air. And of course, Derrick Henry's not a man I don't want to tackle, certainly. But oh my gosh, this Bears team, again, they're keeping games close and, and, and they're keeping things close to the very end there. So I'm going to go ahead and take Bears. Plus seven. That extra half point is very, very important to this bet. Bears plus seven is my best bet for week number nine of the NFL season. All right. Well, we just got announced yesterday evening, Chris, the NBA season is returning on December 22nd. It's only six weeks from now. The shortest offseason of any professional sport of all time. Uh, LeBron James was lamenting that on social media yesterday. However, a lot of people pointed out, which is a very good point online, that, hey, you guys, you guys had four months off before the two-month res resume of the season. And you got to think about this from the entirety of the league. This isn't about the Lakers that only get six, you know, eight weeks off or whatever. There's a lot of teams that haven't played at all since early yep. March. And they're reaching to play. Uh, you know, the league's doing a 72-game 
back on track by just eliminating those 10 games. And so I, I think it's really important for the league to get back to business here. Of course, a lot of players wanted to start on MLK Day in January to get a bit more rest. But, you know, you're making millions of dollars playing basketball. Yes, it's a huge, huge, huge disadvantage for a team like the Lakers compared to some of their other uh, competitors for the championship this year. The Warriors didn't even go to the bubble, okay? So they've had, yeah. you know, basically nine months off. The Clippers, of course, had the extra month or so of rest. The Bucks had the extra month or so of rest. Guess who is another one of the competitors? The Brooklyn Nets this year. Uh, they played, but of course, Kevin Durant hasn't played in almost two years. Kyrie didn't play in the bubble. So, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily, you know, this is way too early. I don't even have odds in front of me, but I don't think this is going to be a year for the Lakers. Yes, they are repeating champs, and there's always you know, something that goes along with that. But I'm going to be looking to fade the Lakers personally this year because I think those win totals, everything's going to be inflated because they're so talented, because they're defending champs. But they're really stacked up against it here this year. And I, a team that I'm going to be targeting uh, is the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is the final of the year that uh, they, they get things going. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. I don't even know if they're going to be able to uh, you know, acquire another Super Bowl. Uh, but the rumor has it that it looks like Giannis Antetokounmpo is ready to sign an extension. If that's the case, then I really, really like this year for the Bucks. But there's, a, there's you know, five or six teams. It's going to be a lot of fun this year, and all I think can win it. Uh, and so there's going to be a, a lot of interesting bets being played there. But uh, we're not we're not you know recommending any picks here yet. We want to take time to look at the odds, and, and obviously there's an off season still that's yeah. going to affect how we look at these teams. But it's just something that we thought we should talk about. The NBA season will resume December 22nd of this year. Your thoughts on the NBA? I think there's going to be a heck of a lot of load management. Uh, I think you'll probably see sit out a lot of entire fourth quarters. I think you'll see a lot of knee soreness, a lot of foot soreness. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he basically takes one out of every five games off for fine to the first 30 games of the season. Guys like that, right? I'm not just picking on LeBron in this case. It's going to be a lot of guys doing that, um, that, that played in the playoffs and think they need. Be interested to see how they do with Kawhi. Certainly a lot of noise about like, you know, him being a, a, a prima donna and a diva and that upsetting the team chemistry and da-da-da-da-da. I am curious to see if he's a guy who's going to kind of continue with what he does. I would assume he would, but I'm interested about in that, that kind of that pressure and, you know, Ty Lue coming in and saying, you know, I'm holding players accountable, da, 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 da. And um, money's the name of the game. That's why they're doing it. There's millions and millions of dollars at stake. Don't feel bad for any of those guys. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing. They're getting paid to do it. And the super silver lining when this would be is if they stick with 72 games. The NBA would be so, so, so much more compelling if they actually cared, if every game mattered, right? Like baseball yeah. is a unique thing. That Baseball 162 makes baseball, right? Basketball is in some weird no man's land. This is a strong, in my opinion, a very strong reason the NFL is just the, the 800-pound gorilla in the space is because they only play 16 and everyone is so, so important. And if the NBA is playing a, a 72 or a 68 game schedule or 65 going forward, I know they'll lose a little bit, but the, the engagement will skyrocket when right. all those guys, when every game is so important. So I do hope that this is the silver lining going forward that the NBA is playing less overall games. Right. And, and look, there's really no need to have the NBA on in October and November. Yeah. The ratings are usually low anyways. A lot of people will tell you, you know, it doesn't even start really until after the Super Bowl anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least people don't start paying attention to that. So, yeah, I, I really like the timing of it, starting right around the holidays, having Christmas games, a 72-game season. I don't think we'll really miss, you know, those 10 games at all. It also gives the, you know, if you were to do this and, and have it over the same course of the same amount of months, 
You can have much more days off in between games, which, of course, is scientifically proven to yep. decrease injuries and, and you know, obviously would decrease uh, load management, which I think you're right. We're going to see a lot of this year. So those are just our initial thoughts about the 2020-2021 NBA season. We'll talk a lot more about the NBA moving forward. But in the meantime, enjoy week nine of the NFL season. Enjoy week one of the Pac-12 season. Hopefully my Wisconsin batters can eventually play football <laughs> again. I, I think that the morning is that some of their cases are starting to decrease. So maybe we'll get a game next week against Michigan. But uh, any final thoughts here in episode 62 of Believe in Betting LA in the Interim? I think uh, I got a super important decision to make. Do I go with the chorizo breakfast burrito or do I go with the bacon breakfast burrito? Always a difficult choice. Uh, I- I'm partial to bacon because it's awesome, but chorizo is <laughs> great too. It's smoky. Uh, all I know is that it, you know if you're going to be staying inside the house near a bathroom, then chorizo <laughs> could be a great choice. But if not, uh, it's a dangerous proposition. But both are good choices. Both breakfast burrito in general. Always a good drink. We're, we're huge, huge fans of breakfast burrito, burritos here on Believe in Betting LA. All right. Well, that was episode 62 of the podcast. Thanks for listening for the Believe Podcast Network for Stack Capital. For Chris Lewart, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.